Section 4 of The Influence of Monarchs by Frederick Adams Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information on the volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Leon Harvey. Chapter 4 Castile. Modern Christian Spain, like France, took a modest beginning, and in about the northern mountains of the peninsula, in rugged fastness or inaccessible valleys, a few unconquered tribes lived on during the centuries of Muslim domination. From these narrow territories developed the independent kingdoms of Leon, Castile, Navarre, Aragon, and the province of Catalonia, which sometimes in part uniting and often against separating, finally coalesced in the early part of the 16th century into the grand Spanish monarchy of worldwide influence. The early history of these separate kingdoms is very complicated. Genealogical accidents or family feuds often brought two or more regions under the rule of one king, only to be parceled out again to his several heirs, as was a custom among Germanic peoples, and the royal families were northerners in origin. It is best for the purposes of the present analysis to confine ourselves to tracing first the growth of Castile and then of Aragon, for most of the remaining territory was soon united to one or other of these crowns. Navarre played a part of little importance, and was for a time under the administration of the kings of France. It is difficult to know just where to begin analysis of early Spanish history. Facts come but slowly out of the mists of obscurity and romance, and moreover there is said to have been a tendency on the part of the early chroniclers to distort the truth, to exaggerate the powers and virtues of the greater rulers, and at the same time to indulge in unwarranted censure where the kings unsuccessful in their time. If such be the case, of course, a spurious importance would be given the scepter of royalty. I wish, however, to begin with as remote a period as possible, because it is interesting to trace the development of the earliest germs of what was afterwards a great growth. Furthermore, an impartial survey of this very age throws some light on the question of the probable validity of the historical evidence itself. There are at least two points, which I shall discuss later on, which seem to make good reasons for thinking that the estimates concerning these early sovereigns, as we find them today in modern histories, are not so far out of the way after all. Sancho el Mayor, a descendant of the Counts and Kings of Navarre, became also Count, or first King of Castile, in right of his wife, Nuna Elvira. He consolidated his dominions and extended them by conquest and became in time virtual master of all Christian Spain with the exception of Catalonia. His appellation, El Mayor, or the Great, may have been preferred to the greatness of his sway, or may have been given for personal qualities. Beyond this epithet, we have no characterizations by which to estimate his ability. At his death in 1035, the kingdom was redivided in accordance with earlier territorial limits. Aragon was left to his natural son, Ramiro. Castile fell to Ferdinand and the ascension of this monarch is a good point at which to commence the discussion. Ferdinand, 1035-1065, the first of that name in Castile, stands out in the pages of history, in spite of the comparative darkness of the period, as a clear-cut and distinctive character, a great, and on the whole a good king. The chief events of his reign were certainly all on the side of growth, consolidation and progress. Important achievements were the successful government of the Kingdom of Leon, which came by marriage, granting of furors to the people of the towns, frustration of the dastly attempt against Navarre, 
the kingdom of his brother garcia and the wide conquests of cities and territories at the expense of mohammedan power but ferdinand and his father are blamed for lack of foresight in dividing their dominions among their several sons but there seems no point in blaming them they were merely following a general custom at the death of ferdinand castile passed to the eldest son sancho while leon went to alfonso who afterwards gained the greater country as well the reign of sancho the second was brief and ignoble it illustrates nothing save the unrewarded cupidity of a typically villainous king the whole period is obscure but it is stated that sancho provoked an unwarranted war against his brother alfonso and was himself treacherously murdered outside the gate of zamora in ten seventy two the brother alfonso then came into undisputed possession of both leon and castile the reign of this monarch lasted thirty-seven years as replete with heroic annals which picture the dawn of christian prosperity in spain we have thirty-nine victories against the mohammedans and only two defeats the towns received further privileges but the signal fact is the great extent of territory to the south and the capture of the important city of toledo to crown and set it off alfonso himself is described in terms of praise for his strength and wisdom his activity and his heroism be that as it may we at least have here an undoubted advance occurring during a long reign of a single king and during the period of a supposedly vigorous personality alfonso the brave appears to have been a fierce relentless master spirit he was much eulogized by his troubadours of the time who doubtless idealized him as a hero and a knight but it is interesting to note that even the arabs admitted that alfonso was true to his word alfonso the brave died in eleven o nine and castile fell suddenly into a period of great confusion civil wars party strife and general lawlessness the christians waged constant war against each other but never once advanced the cross at the expense of the crescent the seventeen years of this ignoble reign were under the notorious Uraka, one of the most severely condemned queens in european history she was greedy reckless and supposedly incompetent as well as vicious from every point of view at her death in eleven twenty six her son alfonso the emperor came upon the throne events then took a different turn and compared with the previous period castile was fortunate the turbulent nobles were silenced and the forces of the country unified much of this strength was uselessly expended in fighting aragon and portugal but on the contrary successful wars which alfonso carried on against the mohammedans resulted in such important and extensive conquests that the reign must count for progress one does not get a very clear idea of the personal qualities of this alfonso who so ostentatiously assumed that title of emperor but from what records there are he seems to have been an exceptionally brave and ambitious warrior and at least above mediocrity in intellectual vigour the reign of his son sancho the third eleven fifty seven to eleven fifty eight contains a successful war against navarre and some further triumphs over the moors but since we know nothing of the character of this king who died about a year after his ascension we may omit this brief period from discussion it was followed by one of those unfortunate minorities which occurred so often in early european history and which serve in such a clear way to strengthen the contention i am making the general importance of royal leadership this minority lasted twelve years under a divided and contentious control and was characterized by the usual anarchy intrigues and family feuds no victories were gained over the moors the condition of turmoil and retrogression again ceased with the assumption of authority by alfonso the eighth the noble 
concerning whom we have unanimous testimony of praise both for his intellectual and his moral qualities brave and skilful as a warrior was also an astute diplomat to religious enthusiasm he united amiable and generous qualities and his right to the name of the noble appears to be undisputed civil order was promptly restored and maintained during the long reign of forty-four years the great event associated with his name was the famous victory of las navas de tolosa in twelve twelve which brought about the virtual ruination of mohammedan power in western europe with the death of alfonso the noble we are brought to a minority of the three years duration twelve fourteen to twelve seventeen the government was first placed in the hands of the queen mother eleanor of england she died within twenty-five days berengaria the sister of the young king next held the regency and resigned the post in the following year in favour of non-royal regent alvaro nunez de lara the conditions under de lara were insupportable violences and injustices were perpetuated on every hand the clergy the nobility and the common people were all sufferers and as probable that a rising of the persecuted which was in progress would speedily have overthrown the regent had not the accidental death of the young king changed the face of affairs since the parts played by the royal women were of such short duration they can hardly be expected to have established important influences the good queen berengaria having renounced her claim to castile in favour of her son ferdinand of leon these two countries soon after became unified and were never again separated the extensive power theoretically established by the union of castile and leon then fell into the hands of ferdinand the third the military events of this reign twelve seventeen to twelve fifty two were extremely important it was then that the two great centres of moorish civilization cordova and seville were lost forever to the infidel together with many of the lesser cities and much of the best of andalusia this advance of the christians was not maintained during the subsequent reign all things taken together make it seem probable that ferdinand the third was a real genius along the lines of government and warfare alfonso the tenth who succeeded to the throne was also a very remarkable character but an entirely different kind of a man being one of the most learned and enlightened men of the thirteenth century he would naturally be classified among kings of superior grade were his entire intellectual achievements taken into consideration he was a founder of castilian prose and the first monarch of modern europe who was also a man of letters first to see the need of a continuous history of his own country and the first to unify and codify her laws of all men in his kingdom he seems to have been the most interested in science history poetry law or theology the one bright intellectual light in a dark age a man far advanced of his time and little appreciated by his contemporaries alfonso the sage was undoubtedly a man of genius but like many such was developed on one side only in all practical affairs he was childish and incompetent but he was deep and far-seeing in science and learned lore often likened to james i of england he appears to have been far more worthy of interest and respect for alfonso the wise was a genuine pioneer as my object is to trace the waves of national progress and decline on material and economic sides alone this badly managed and confused reign cannot count as one of advance it was not however marked by any distinct retrogression such as anarchy and loss of territory the civil conflict consisted more of threatened revolts than of actual warfare the continuously bad financial condition was due to debasement of the coinage and excessive taxation 
the king spent large sums of money on foreign potentates in a vain attempt to obtain the sceptre of the holy roman empire on the other hand the advance in legislation is of some importance on the whole the material affairs may be taken as minus but certainly no reign in any country can better illustrate the characteristics of a monarch reflected in the conditions of his land all lines of achievement in which the king was gifted made a distinct advance the next period twelve eighty four to twelve ninety five which covers the reign of sancho the fourth is somewhat difficult to judge as the sources are unsatisfactory and there are some differences of opinion among modern historians the presumption is that sancho the fourth was both brave and active a king above the average in mental rating though decidedly deficient in moral qualities he was tyrannical cruel and false to his word there had been a great division of the nation on the question of sancho's right to the throne even before the death of his father alfonso the sage this trouble continued and occupied most of the eleven years of his reign sancho triumphed over the opposing factions who wished the crown to pass by strict primogenitor to the son of his older brother he seems to have got the better of the moors in the few engagements which took place but the capture of tarifa on the african coast in twelve ninety two is the only actual acquirement of new territory commerce increased yet the finances remained unsatisfactory altogether the reign of sancho the fourth is not one of importance or decisive trend the next period twelve ninety five to thirteen o two was a minority yet the conditions were creditable all the disturbances which usually accompanied a minority were there in full force at the start the difficulties were great both from within and without but by the end of five years the rebellions had been suppressed and the foreign enemies frustrated a vigorous royal personage in this instance was a woman dona maria the queen mother she was doubtless greatly aided by the famous don alfonso de guzman the good the hermandad or association of free citizens who had banded themselves together into a brotherhood in twelve ninety five to defend themselves from the depredations of the nobles were protected by the prudent policy of dona maria not a single year of her regency was suffered to pass without a regular session of the cortes thus she prevailed over the enemies of castile abroad and without traitors within the realm not by assassination and tyranny but by encouraging the party of order and promoting good government at home but it was only after about five years and at the close of the regency that order became established thus for a time circumstances made themselves more potent than personalities about thirteen o two her son ferdinand the fourth became of age but proved himself a weak yet strong incompetent man much of the influence of his favourites his moral qualities appear to have been deficient and we may be at least sure that he was no great man and also that the reign was one of interminable dissension revolts and confusion in fact one of the most disgraceful in the annals of castile a divided regency followed which obliged the country to wait twelve years longer for the coming of a strong king civil wars and desolation filled the period the central authorities ceased to exist both nobles and towns had to protect themselves as best they could minorities have sometimes been harmful merely because they were minorities that is to say the circumstances of the situation gave free scope to the rival princes who divided the country in civil wars this minority appears to be a case in point with alfonso the eleventh thirteen twenty four thirteen fifty the conditions changed for the better many of the lawless grandees were reduced to obedience and their castles raised to the ground 
Complete order was not, however, established, but it was the great victory of Salado which gives the reign of Alfonso XI importance in the annals of the Christian recovery of Spain. This battle ranks second only to Las Navas de Tolosa in leading to the final expulsion of the Moors from the peninsula. Algeciras, which had served as a valuable landing place for the Moors on their way from Africa, was also captured. The character of this Alfonso appears to have been harsh, tyrannical, and licentious, but mentally he is considered a superior man, thus making the twelfth instance in Spain of a good correlation between royalty and the conditions of the country, the two minorities just cited being exceptions. The reign of Peter the Cruel, 1350-1369, may be characterized as one of extreme turbulence. There was an almost continual, though desultory, struggle with Aragon, the results of which were indecisive. During the last half of this period occurred the civil wars, in which Henry of Trastamara sought to depose his half-brother, the king. Wars similarly brought about by Peter's own acts of barbarity and folly. Advantages were gained first by one party and then another, until Peter was treacherously betrayed into the tent of Henry, and there slain by the hand of his rival kinsmen. The disordered conditions are clearly associated with the actions of the king himself, but the correlation with the strictly intellectual qualities of the king is not so strong, for Peter, though a moral degenerate, was no fool. Under the reign of Henry II, 1369 to 1379, law and order was soon established, and the enemies of the state subdued. The pretensions of Portugal were successfully opposed. Added to these primary marks of progress are the evidences of excellent legislation. King Henry II of Trastamara is accounted a strong king. Though far from tender-hearted, he appears forceful and active and truly a superior sovereign from the standpoint of mental endowment as well as a successful and indeed desirable one in those stormy days. He died in 1379, leaving his kingdom in peace to his son John. The favourable turn of affairs did not, however, continue under the sun. The reign was signalised by unsuccessful warfare with the Portuguese, the most notable event being the Battle of Algeboruta, in which the Spaniards were severely beaten and the independence of Portugal substantially secured. In other affairs, no changes are to be noticed. John I was a man of inferior mental capacity in comparison to the majority of kings, though perhaps his intentions were good. He suffered from bodily infirmity, which interfered with his success as a soldier. His disposition was mild and mildable, and he is accredited with a generous and a just nature. Henry III, his son and heir, was a mere lad of eleven at the time of his ascension. The government was placed in the hands of a council, and the usual events ensued. Discords in the court, civil warfare, and general disorder. Henry developed many strong qualities as he grew to manhood from the time he was twenty years old, until he died aged twenty-seven. In 1406, the period shows the greatest contrast to the embroiled and retrograding minority. Not only was internal order restored, but wise laws were enacted which served to restrain the rapacity of the judges and bring many unjust tax extortioners to account. Henry was essentially a diplomat and did not neglect to strengthen his foreign relationships. All praise was given the young sovereign, and all, saith the lawless, lamented his early death. Fortunately, the regency for young John II, 1406 to 1416, came into the hands of a prudent and able man, Ferdinand, uncle to the king, who ruled ten years with signal success. 
this favourable state of affairs did not last long the young king in contrast to his uncle had almost no qualities suitable for leadership though possessed of some accomplishments and fond of literature john the second was so lacking in ambition force of character and practical insight that he must rank among the weakest of royalty it is said that on his deathbed he lamented he had not been born the son of a mechanic instead of a king of castile the business of government was under the dictatorship of alvaro de luna and his work was very pernicious indeed the long reign is nothing but the story of intrigues and disturbances meaningless civil wars and occasional inroads by the moors castile continued to decline under john's successor henry the fourth fourteen fifty four to fourteen seventy four in fact the conditions were even worse henry was weak even to helplessness and addicted from his earliest youth to debauchery he was indolent and cowardly and altogether a pitiable specimen of a king out of some sixty years of retrogression and disintegration a great change came over the land a country which a few years before had been but the wretched arena of internecine warfare and selfish struggle soon appeared among the greatest powers of the world and took a leading part in the important events of modern history both externally and internally there is here an abrupt and remarkable transformation we know that isabella came upon the throne of castile in fourteen seventy four and almost at once and before the union with aragon in fourteen seventy nine establishment of law and order and improvement in the finances marked her ascension we know that all historians of that time or of our time agree in considering isabella a remarkable personality how can we conclude otherwise than that it was the advent of this woman that constituted the prime cause of the change it is not likely that after sixty years of darkness and decline the complex interplay of forces which we call circumstances should happen to be favourable again that these same favourable circumstances should chance to occur just at the same time that a new ruler came upon the throne and then furthermore that these circumstances should continue to happen to be favourable each succeeding year a certain amount of union existed between aragon and castile after fourteen seventy nine and from this date one may conveniently treat of both countries under the name of spain but before tracing the more massive outlines it is necessary to go back to the early history of aragon and bring this down to fourteen seventy nine and see the lesson from castile supported by the annals of its neighbour castile furnishes twenty-four periods of sufficient historical clearness for the purposes of this study twenty-two of these show an almost perfect correlation between the characteristics of the royal leaders and the political and economic changes it is to be observed that this correlation is almost invariably associated with the mental rather than moral qualities in the reign of peter the cruel alone is the decline associated with moral defects two of the minorities were filled with conflict and disruption with retrograding movements which seem the results of moral deficiencies overambition and lack of patriotism on the part of those high in the councils of state it is to be noted that the correlation is as high in the first half of castile's history the first twelve periods as it is in the last twelve thus indicating that there is no great tendency for the historian of the earlier and less authenticated period to overpraise and overblame the king this has not proved the entire absence of such a tendency but it suggests the factor of error from this source is slight and not one to seriously invalidate the conclusions it goes towards providing that the estimates for the earlier kings are not so very far out of the way even if they are necessarily based on scanty material. End of section four.